This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Have you ever found yourself saying the phrase, it's just a game? Well, I know I have. But over the years, and even more so recently, I've realized that it's so much more. And today we are going to talk about why that phrase is so prevalent in American soccer and the realities of what sport actually means to individuals and entire ecosystems. First off, soccer is an economic market like any other. There are businesses in play, livelihoods at stake, communities to consider, and consumers that should be looked after. This is an ecosystem with real people, with real consequences, who depend on responsible governance. Clubs, aka independent businesses, get affected. People working with or for those clubs get affected. Members and customers of those clubs get affected. And every community and the general consumer gets affected. While the relative magnitudes vary, Anyone who has an economic, social, political, or cultural touchpoint with this market gets affected. You might not even realize how big of an economic effect it has on you and your family. For instance, a coach wanting to pursue U.S. soccer's educational pathway will be asked to invest a far greater percentage of their net worth compared to what most MLS franchise owners invest in purchasing a franchise. We'll have more on that later. The economic aspect of the sport is measurable, which is why it's easy to talk about. But it's only one piece of the equation. The other pieces include all of the ways individuals have spent their time and energy on the sport in a myriad of ways. You likely know someone whose life is defined by their involvement with soccer. Whether that's young players who work to be recruited by professional and college teams, coaches who travel all over the world investing their hard-earned money into education, parents who drive their kids hundreds of miles to play the game they love for years, journalists and media members who are able to put food on their tables and provide for their families by covering the sport. Is it just a game to them? I don't think so. You can't measure that stuff though. But in just a moment, we are going to go deeper into this topic. And I'll start by sharing some personal stories. We're also going to talk about soccer's role in society in general. We're going to highlight the role of soccer media, specifically incumbent American soccer media. And finally, we are going to discuss the role of soccer governance and how those decisions impact the rest of the ecosystem from the pro level all the way down to kids kicking the ball at the park on Saturday and Sunday. So all of that plus more after this quick message about our player masterclass. Our flagship program helps coaches and trainers discern what is good for their teams and for their players. But now we've created a program for parents because parents, you are personal trainers too. Yep, that's right. And in order to properly mentor your player, you need to know what's good and what's not. Just like coaches, You and your player are flooded with thousands of training videos on YouTube and Instagram, but most of them are a waste of time because they aren't relevant. They don't translate to the real game and figuring out what does and what doesn't and why is just flat out difficult, especially 
if you don't have a background in soccer to lean on. So we've taken Brian Clyburn's more than 20 years of experience working with teams and individual players from U9 to U19 and extracted valuable lessons that can help you navigate the minefield that is American youth soccer. But this isn't just about drills. That's only a small fraction of it. And to be honest, you can get drills anywhere. What you're getting with the 343 Masterclass are the cultural lessons and an education and philosophy that other trainers and courses don't offer. It's these elements that can help you understand the landscape, read the game on and off the field, and translate everything into real development for your player. Right now, you can get on the list for the 343 Masterclass. We are currently rolling it out little by little to small groups. To reserve your spot, go to 343masterclass.com. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, it's just a game. How does that make you feel when you hear it? When I asked Gary Clyburn, 343's founder, about that phrase, he had this to say, and I quote, I kind of liken it to the phrase, the American dream, because just like the American dream, there are so many layers beneath that that make it what it is. He went on to say that it's an ecosystem just like any other ecosystem. Gary used the examples of manufacturing products such as paper or coffee beans or doorknobs because all of those things have an ecosystem built around them too. All of those things have people who dedicate their lives to them, whether those be the engineers who design them or the technicians who test them, the distributors who distribute them. Then, of course, there is the consumer who buys these things. The point here is that all of these people are affected by what happens in the ecosystem. It is part of their livelihoods. Soccer is the same way. You have business owners who own the clubs and franchises. You have business owners who create jerseys and cleats and socks that go into the game. You have coaches, players, agents, trainers, doctors, front office, ticket booths, stadium staff, vendors, and so on. All of which support and are supported by the ecosystem that is soccer. And that's just touching on the professional side of the game. We could go on to include examples such as the local soccer shops that are supported by the hundreds of customers who shop at their stores ahead of each recreational season, or the backpack manufacturers that sell their products directly to youth club teams, or the youth soccer referees who have unions to ensure they aren't overworked and underpaid. You see, the ecosystem is loaded with touch points. For further dissection of the phrase, it's just a game, it's best to divide into two parts. One, the micro level, which is the role of one person in the ecosystem and how they participate and are affected. Like, for example, one tiny organism in a South American rainforest. Number two, we have the macro level which is how groups such as teams, communities, cities, countries, and the world as a whole operate in and are affected by the ecosystem. I'd like to address the micro level and share what the phrase, it's just a game means to me. To me, it's incredibly degrading. As someone who's invested a ton of time and energy and money into making soccer my career, it's like getting a knife in the heart when I hear somebody use that phrase. For example, when I paid over $3,000 to participate in a U.S. soccer coaching course, I invested a far greater percentage of my personal net worth compared to what Atlanta United's owner, Arthur Blank, paid for his own MLS franchise. 
Arthur Blank, whose net worth is reported to be north of $5 billion, purchased his MLS franchise for $70 million. That's approximately 1.4% of his total net worth. The median net worth of the average U.S. household is around $100,000, meaning for the average household to participate in just one course offered by U.S. soccer, the example I used was my C-course participation, they would be investing double what Arthur Blank invested in purchasing his MLS franchise. And I think we're being quite generous here because I think it's highly likely that your typical soccer coach has a substantially lower net worth. But again, the economics are just one piece of the puzzle. There are so many immeasurables. After suffering a career-ending injury in late 2019, losing my dad to cancer in early 2020, and then watching soccer come to a screeching halt due to the global pandemic, I realized just how much soccer meant to me. I was unable to coach, play, or referee the sport that has quite literally defined my life. I lost the person who introduced me to the game, spent years teaching me the game in the backyard, and who is largely responsible for my obsession with the game. Even watching replays of classic games on TV drummed up incredible emotions, some of which were very, very hard to stomach, because the first thing that I used to do after a big game was call my dad to dissect it. These emotions alone solidified that it's certainly more than just a game to me. And I have to believe that some of you feel the same way as I do but maybe some of you don't. How did we get here? How did we as a nation even get to this point where we're thinking it's just a game? As we've discussed before, the sport itself is so much more than just a game throughout the rest of the world. But here in the United States, we are made to believe that soccer shouldn't be taken too seriously. Here's the thing. Incumbent American soccer culture has a recreational mentality a property that is the antithesis of the hardcore culture the rest of the world has. And by hardcore, we simply mean people who recognize the fact that it's not just a game. The soccer structure we live in has been built of, by, and for a casual soccer demographic. It extends from youth all the way to the pro level. When something is casual, there are no stakes. When there are no stakes, Nobody gets too heated over things. After all, if it's casual, it's just a game. There's that pesky phrase again. That phrase right there is the convenient foundation upon which American soccer has been built. One can argue this is more a strategic move by the power brokers, whether conscious or not, because if they're able to keep the masses thinking along the lines of it's just a game, then that enables the power brokers to maintain power while operating as they wish on the business side of things. Because, remember, if no one gets too worked up about things, then there is nothing to worry about. Business as usual can continue. So, it's no wonder we're mediocre at scale. Anybody with the mentality of, it's just a game, will not achieve excellence. Contrast that with the rest of the world, where a portion of people's very identity and self-esteem is hinged on their clubs and national teams. Now, before you robotically react and think that's sad, reserve judgment until you understand that clubs and national teams across the world represent people at a social, political, economic, and cultural level. It is their flag. Most soccer-first households, the largest and most critical of demographics in the United States, aren't paying attention to American soccer. Because, well, it's low level, 
inauthentic, and most importantly, has historically discriminated against them, preferring instead to cater to the soft suburban soccer mom demographic. As a consequence, it's that soft culture that both dominates the narrative and creates policy when it comes to the American game. It has inculcated that softness into the very fabric of American soccer. Therefore, the phrase, it's just a game, has tragically become woven into our soccer too. But it doesn't have to remain this way. Soccer governance, media, and protecting the power structure. First things first, if soccer is just a game, why does it require such a powerful global governing body whose decisions have geopolitical ramifications? Not just a global governing body, like FIFA, but each and every country has its own federation, where their decisions have a social, political, economic, and cultural ramification at the national and, at times, international scales. And the higher up the food chain you go in these organizations, the further removed you are from the actual playing field, and you enter a realm that is far more than just a game. Actually, it's barely about the game at all at that point. For example, why did our U.S. Soccer Federation president, Carlos Cordero, and our board of directors team up with President Donald Trump to meet with FIFA president Gianni Infantino at the White House? That sounds like a lot more than just a game. That example of U.S. soccer working hand-in-hand with Trump is a big topic in and of itself, and something that we can talk about at a later time. There are plenty more examples, though. Many countries, the United States included, divide themselves into regions and subdivide themselves into smaller and smaller parts in an attempt to provide governance. For example, U.S. soccer, a.k.a. USSF, a.k.a. the United States Soccer Federation, is the governing body presiding over the American soccer ecosystem. USSF empowers organizations like Cal South and Cal North to govern soccer in California. From there, they have districts that focus efforts on more local issues. And of course, we have things such as club board of directors, which govern their everyday dealings. That's a hell of a lot of government for something that's just a game. Let's back up though. What is U.S. soccer's role in all of this? Well, it is implicitly, if not explicitly, chartered to look out for the interests of all its constituents. Let me say that again. All its constituents. So when someone says it's just a game, it diverts attention away from the real people being negatively impacted by the establishment and diverts attention away from those who currently reap the mass rewards of the establishment. I'm hard-pressed to find another multi-billion dollar economic market outside American soccer where a phrase such as, oh, no need to deeply investigate here, we govern the market and conduct business, this isn't that important in the grand scheme of things, works so well in deflecting deep dives and investigations. So when they say it's just a game, It's genius. However, some people seem to be wisening up. Not because U.S. soccer wants them to, but because the examples are starting to creep into areas that they can no longer be hidden. For instance, those who follow the U.S. women's national team are well aware of the alleged discriminatory issues they're facing during contract negotiations with USSF. Many American soccer fans saw the display of inside-out warm-up jerseys symbolizing the U.S. women's disapproval of the Federation's behavior. 
Another example was the backlash sparked in 2016 after U.S. soccer introduced new policies making it mandatory for players to stand during the national anthem. This was a direct response to Megan Rapinoe kneeling during a 2016 ceremony. Then, in 2020, U.S. soccer suddenly reversed its position on kneeling following the death of George Floyd and mass protests across the nation that illuminated the centuries-long issues of discrimination against minorities here in America. Missing from that policy reversal was an apology to Megan Rapinoe. And you might be saying to yourself, stick to soccer and leave politics out of this. But that's exactly how we got here in the first place. As we've pointed out, soccer and politics are intertwined from the grassroots level to the most powerful leaders in the world. You cannot and should not attempt to separate them. If we leave politics out and we try to pretend that this is just a game, this enables bad things to happen under the radar. That's how we end up with things like discrimination, disenfranchisement, and corruption. For 10 years, we have pointed out that incumbent American soccer media has been practically curated by the establishment and why this is a detriment to our country. Like we've said before, U.S. soccer is an establishment that naturally doesn't want to be critically examined, particularly not at the foundational level. Hence, it neuters its media. How does the establishment accomplish this? Well, it holds a monopoly over the ecosystem. Anyone who doesn't align with its foundational narrative, its founding culture, is in danger of losing access. And listen, historically, what is the instrument used to expose or keep the masses away from the power structure? The media. If the media isn't doing deep dives into the power machinery and discussing all of these aspects, then the power brokers get what they want. In our case, a genius maneuver to make you behave like it's just a game. Why do coaching licenses cost thousands of dollars? Relax, it's just a game. Why do ticket prices to U.S. soccer games get so expensive? Hey, chill out, it's just a game. Why are Latinos being discriminated against? Who cares? It's just a game. Why are there no black coaches or black owners in Major League Soccer? Come on, guys. It's just a game. Why don't we have equal pay for men's and women's players? Really? It's just a game. Why don't we have promotion and relegation in American soccer? Shut up. It's just a game. When it comes to coaching education, being able to discern what will and won't help you can be a costly and confusing exercise. I know this because I've experienced it myself. It's frustrating. The internet is flooded with so much information. There are thousands of drills out there for you to watch. There are tons of things that you can try with your teams and with your players. But without context and without proper guidance from a legit mentor, you're not going to get the edge that you're looking for or the results that you want. That's what the 343 Premium Coaching Education Program gets right. It's rooted in the real experiences of coaching boys and girls soccer right here in America. As a coach, Brian Kleiben has faced the same issues like training just twice per week, kids missing practice, field congestion, pay to play, you name it. But by using the 343 framework and staying consistent with the methodology, he has been able to overcome the obstacles and produce college level, professional, and international caliber players. What the 343 Coaching Program offers you is unlike anything else in the country. 
because it cannot be replicated. It's not theory or speculation like you'd see in a presentation, and it's not staged and scripted like you'd get at a convention. This program is the work of a master practitioner, his real art, captured and delivered to you in its purest form to help you gain an advantage and become a better coach. The program features videos of Brian mic'd up during actual training sessions with his own players and teams as they prepare for their league games and tournaments. This is the only program in the country that gives you this type of authentic, behind-the-curtain look at player, team, and coach development. So if you're looking for just drills, well, we've got those, but more importantly, we have the mentorship, the proven results, and the community of ambitious coaches that you won't find anywhere else. To experience all of this, consider joining the 343 Premium Coaching Education Program. You can find all of the details at 343coaching.com. Alright, thank you for listening. Do you have a question about the topic that we covered in this episode? If so, we'd love to hear from you and we will be answering some of your questions at the end of next week's episode. Submit your questions on Twitter or head to 343coaching.com to leave your question in the comment section. Make sure that you are subscribed to 343FM on your favorite podcasting app. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and many more platforms. And if you're feeling super generous, we'd love it if you dropped us a five-star rating or a review. And don't forget that you can find our entire library of podcast episodes, over 200 written articles, and our online courses that help accelerate the development of coaches and players using methods that have been proven to work here in the United States. Once again, all of that can be found at 343coaching.com. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you next time here on the 343 Podcast.